The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, James and Betty share with Sheila Walsh a few miraculous stories from the past and explain what it looks like to live amazed. You, through this book, have become a living example of what I believe profoundly, and that is, in Christ, your history does not dictate your destiny. Mm -hmm. There are so many people who start off in a rough place and they think, this is how my life's going to be. You could not have started off in a more rough place. We are, and we're going to talk about the book Living Amazed. Now, now please, please hear this. You were designed, destined to live amazed. Not only experiencing amazing grace, but releasing amazing love, oftentimes forgiveness, that would have to be amazing in order for you to even forgive in some instances. But you're going to find out that you are a chosen person. You're not overlooked. You're not unimportant. You may look at some Christians and hear some teachers and speakers, preachers, that you think, my, they're gifted, or I hear different people. But you don't understand. There is no one insignificant in the eyes of God or the heart of God or the kingdom purpose of God. I, I was the kid that was not picked. I was the kid that didn't have a father. I was the kid that wasn't expected. And yet, could God use a boy that didn't get picked even when they picked teams to play a game? I moved so much no one knew me. I lived lonely. Could God do something amazing with me? Do you have to admit, after dating, and you did like me, uh, can, can you I figure out like, why, why you liked me when we were young? What, what was it? Well, I thought you were awfully cute. <laughs> that was not so good. I don't ever hear that anymore. I mean, you are awfully cute, not you were. I'm, I'm an old gray-headed old man. But here's the deal. You watched what happened when really the birthing, in so many ways, of what we talk about. Absolutely. I mean, I was there when, when God called you to to preach, and there was shock across the whole church. And I think what is so amazing to me is how God's timing is so perfect when he's getting ready to do something that's really significant. And just the fact that you were a boy that didn't want to be there at this youth revival that that whole week, <laughs> but so I would make sure that you were there that week. I got you elected as youth pastor. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to get up and announce the youth pastor every night. And it was I, I feel like that was so much God's plan. Even I wasn't aware of what his plan was going to be, the beginning of it. But God did something special that Friday night. Well, you know, even at, here we are in our 70s. Would you say that you're watching someone continue to live amazed and you live amazed watching what God's doing? And, oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, just our whole journey as a 
couple and our family and the journey God's taken us on through your through your crusades and conferences and now on television and mission field. And I never thought I'd be going to a mission field. <laughs> that was the last thing I said, God, please don't make me a missionary. Please don't send me there. But God did. We are missionaries. We don't stay over there, but we're part of the mission do outreach. outreach because we we ask people to help and to support the missionaries that God has sent in those. Well, it's our places. viewers, and this is the thing people don't seem to understand. But you enable the people with a broken heart and great compassion and a gift to put loving arms around suffering people and to recognize them and see the need and know how to address it effectively. But they couldn't if you, as an individual, didn't pray for them and even undergird them. Welcome, Sheila Walsh. We're glad Sheila's with us. Love you guys. You are, you are a, a reader. You, yes. You actually enjoy it. You don't do it as an assignment. You enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. You told me that Living Amazed blessed you and inspired you. Why? Because it's you, through this book, have become a living example of what I believe profoundly, and that is, in Christ, your history does not dictate your destiny. Mm -hmm. There are so many people who start off in a rough place and they think, this is how my life's going to be. You could not have started off in a more rough place. I mean, your, your darling mother, 40 years old, raped, pregnant, went to get a termination. And for reasons only known to God and to heaven, the doctor said, no, you aren't even meant to take a breath, James. Never mind, live amazed. But I want to ask you here, I want to ask you to unpack that title. For people who are thinking, look, honestly, I'm living dazed, never mind amazed. What does it mean? What does it mean to live amazed? What do you mean by that? Well, it's very difficult to explain because it is so amazing. But let me just tell you this. Everything that you have read in the Bible that was exciting and seeming to be miraculous or even beyond reach, I've experienced it. Uh, I have experienced the miraculous healings. Uh, we had a woman healed, Betty was there in, in Africa who didn't have any pupils. Her eyes were gray matter and she saw perfectly instantly. Wow. Interesting thing, Sheila, there were no doubters in the crowd. They had never learned to doubt what wow. God might have said. And so when we proclaim God heals the blind, they never questioned it. They just reached up. I went through a period of time that everybody I prayed for was healed instantly. I mean instantly. And, and this, this was an amazing visit. Like when I went to see Oral Roberts, I said, I, I had a fantastic encounter with him where I just said, I've come to apologize to you. I made fun of you. I mean, I, 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 I helped push you out to be an island unto yourself. And I said, I think a lot of the church did that to you, sir. And I said, I want to thank you for praying for the sick because all of us should be praying for the sick. And he starts weeping. And Aura looks at me and he says, I'm so lonely. I've been lonely. Thank you for coming. And I brought church leaders from everywhere to meet with him. It was like a great restoration moment. But I said to Oral, I've seen the miraculous, but I, I feel like God is impressing on me that he doesn't want the miraculous to be part of a somebody's outreach or a somebody's ministry, but the ministry of the body of Christ that he leaned forward. Oh, for so long, I've wanted the church to understand that, that it's the body of Christ, not the somebody's. 
not the gifted. Any one of us can be the channel through which God flows miraculous power and blessings. That's what's amazing about this book, though. I'm a great fan of biographies and autobiographies, and I've read the great books of Churchill and the different leaders. The thing that's amazing about this is you are opening up this world to every single believer. One of the most amazing stories, though, in this book, because people look at you and they know all the crusades and all the years when you're this powerful preacher. I think of the story in here where you talk about you see some kids in a parking lot and you don't feel like you've anything to say. You, and I want you to talk about the fact that God meant you to have an encounter there, but how the enemy can try and keep us away from what God wants, sounding pretty reasonable. Well, Talk the, about that. The, the story begins in the book, and I'm, I really don't want to tell the whole story because I want <laughs> you to read it, but here's what I do want to say. <laughs> I was in coveralls. I'd worked all day. I did not look good. I hadn't shaved, hadn't combed my hair. I was pretty sloppy. My wife was in the van. Our young daughter was in the van. She was not you know, four well. years old, five years old. She didn't feel well. We had foster parents, Reverend and Mrs. Hale, who had cared for me off and on through, through my childhood. And now then we were taking care of them. They were actually staying with us. And we had gone down to work in a, in a place that we wanted to be outdoors in a retreat area. And we, we liked to watch deer. Sometimes God calls one of them home. But anyway, we were down there working on this place and we're going home through Marble Falls and I, I just have a craving for chocolate milk. And Betty said, James, it's hot. You're all sweaty. You don't need go get some cold drink or something. I said, no, I got to have chocolate milk. So I got to pull in a convenience store. So I pulled in a convenience store in Marble Falls. I walked in. I saw a lot of kids scattered on the parking lot. They looked kind of serious. I walked in. There were two girls at the counter crying. I go back to get the dairy uh, department and get, get the milk. And there are two girls crying there. I looked over, saw another couple of girls crying over here. I walked to the counter. And as I walked to the counter, the gear, girls at the front and the kids that were in the store walked out in the parking lot. So I looked at the lady, I said, what's wrong with these kids? She said, well, their friend that was the star football player was in an accident and injured very badly and they prayed he would get well and he died today. And they're devastated. Well, the minute she said it, the Holy Spirit said to me, all sloppy looking, don't look like a Christian witness, just an old worker, a stranger. The Lord said, you need to tell them what they need to hear right now. But what the devil said to me is, your wife is tired. Your little girl's tired. You got a four hour drive from here. Uh, your foster parents are tired and you look like a bum. But I couldn't <laughs> disagree, I look like a bum. So the devil has given me all the reasons not to go. And I look out and they're scattered all over the parking lot. And I said, well, this will take all night. So I start to the car. And when I did, the whole group of kids came together. They just came right there together. I said, okay, Lord. I walked right in the middle of the circle. I looked out and I said, I heard about your friend. I'm really sorry. I'm brokenhearted with you. But I need to tell you something. If your friend was a Christian, if your friend knew Jesus, he's looking down on this parking lot and he's saying, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't miss this. Don't miss this. But if your friend was not a Christian, your friend did not know the Lord, and you do know Jesus, and you never talked to him, your friend is looking at you and saying, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me about this eternity? Why didn't you warn me? 
Now, your friend wants you to answer that question. I want you to remember one night when your friend died, a stranger passing through town stopped and pointed you to Jesus and recommended Jesus. And I got in the van. End of the story? No. Mm -hmm. Not even close. <laughs> I'm preaching a citywide crusade in Austin early in the fall. Four young people walk up on the platform at the end of the service as I'm trying to walk down the steps. They gather around me and they say, you're him, you are the man, you're the man, you're the one. I said, the one what? <laughs> you don't look like him, but you are the man. You're the one that stopped in Marble Falls on a parking lot when our friend had died and you told us about Jesus and now a girl is crying. And I gave my life to Jesus right there on that parking lot and I went home and I told my daddy about Jesus. My daddy had been an alcoholic and my daddy didn't know the Lord and my daddy got saved and sir just... A couple of weeks ago, my daddy was killed in a wreck. Well, my daddy went to heaven because you stopped on that parking lot. And another kid said, all the kids on that parking lot got right with God. Our whole town's been moved by God. It's amazing what happened. And I said, well, thank you. I said, how did you, how did you know it was me? They said, well, you, you having this meeting. And our pastor put a poster up on the wall in the church to pray for this crusade. And we saw your picture and we said, pastor, that's him. That's him. That's him. And we said, we're going to go tell him. Now, now get this. See, this is crazy. We're with our foster parents out there in a cab over camper, trying to enjoy being alone out in the middle of nowhere. And we look up and a man is walking across this ranch pasture, this deer lease with a suit and a tie <laughs> in, in just the warmth of the, that particular time of year, it was still warm. And he walked up to and said, I know this is crazy. I had to climb through that barbed wire fence. <laughs> but he said, I am the pastor of First Baptist Church. And he said, James, you stopped on a parking lot. And he said, that day earlier, after that football player died, Every kid in my church contacted me and said, we will not be back to church. We prayed. He did not get well, and we're not coming back to church. And then you stopped on the parking lot. He said, not only did those kids come, but I baptized 20 kids the next week that were saved on the parking lot. And he said, James, there's a spirit of revival. He said, are you coming back down here to Marble Falls in this area? Maybe later in the year. I said, I'm coming back in December. But I tell you what, I'm going to be out here with my wife till dark. He said, well, would you come into town after dark and preach to our town? He said, we got a big barn out in the country. Would you go and would you preach? I said, okay, when I come back, I will. We came back. Betty and I drove in, and it was 15 miles out in the middle of nowhere on a rock shell road. I thought, these people, we're going into Never Never Land. We've left the little downtown area of Marble Falls. I think the population was 1,500. We get out to a barn. There are 1,000 people in the barn. They only had 900 seats. There are all these people standing around the wall. They said some people came, couldn't get in, and left. I get up and preach. 99 people came forward and gave their life to Christ. What did you say to me? <laughs> and I said to Betty when we left, I said, you know, I'm an evangelist. And 99 people saved. I've been thinking maybe you should have come forward and make it an even 100. <laughs> and we laughed just like you're at. But now the story's not over, Sheila. No. Because, I mean, this thing hit this town just like, just like a tidal wave of glory. And the pastor says, would you come back during the summer and preach in our football stadium? And I went back and preached in the stadium. We turned out the population of the city, 275 people, more people got saved. Would you all call that an amazing stop on a parking lot when nobody knows you?
Now, the thing about it is, Sheila, I would walk in truck stops as a, as a young man, still a teenager even, and just walk up to the table for all these men sitting there drinking beer and laid back, you know, and just having their good time. And I would pause at the end of the table. And you may think, you know, nobody would do this. You'd be surprised. Betty used to sit in restaurants and you'd start getting nervous. We, we did. And the amazing part of it is that this was a, a young boy that would never get up and speak to anyone, never give a class report or anything because he was just so shy, never ate in the lunchroom, always ate by himself. And I thought, God turned him inside out. He transformed mm -hmm. him. And that is the amazing power of God. And we can see it every day in our lives. Well, I want to say to you that, that I want you to read the book because, and I want you to share it. I'm actually praying that you'll get a copy and you'll get a copy for another believer or two, or maybe somebody doesn't know the Lord. And, and you would, would say, I want you to read this and pray that that person begins to live amazed. And I think you'll be inspired to see all the different ways that you can see the unbelievable take place as though it's as natural as breathing. I mean, the Lord really wants you to live your life amazed. He sent another one like himself, the Holy Spirit, another of the same kind to live in us. And I have watched the miraculous in every area that we read about in the Bible. And I'm telling you, Betty, Betty was, she, she says, I'm very quiet and very shy. But the glory that's on her, it, well, you can see it. It's not something she puts on. This, this is who she is. And the encouragement that she's been to me, I mean, just this week, she, she started reading me passages in the Bible about the amazing things that happen when people yielded their life to God. And oftentimes, she can't finish reading without tears welling up in her eyes over the glory of God. Father, I'm praying for everyone watching right now that they will realize no matter who they are, how overlooked they've been, how inadequate they may feel, that if they will simply yield, and this is such a key, the clay of their life to the potter's hand, he will create a vessel for honor, a channel through which he flows rivers of living water, of love and life. Father, please, please, please let every person here hear your voice now, calling them to amazing grace and amazing life in Jesus' name. I pray that you will read the book, get a copy for a friend, and live amazed and watch them begin to live amazed. Sheila, you have, you've had a marvelously blessed life and yet you've had the challenges. You seem to recognize need as clearly as anyone I've ever seen. And you've been going to the mission field since you joined with Life Outreach. You've just returned from overseas, in Asia, to deal with sexual trafficking. We're going to watch you over there, and our viewers and our friends can make all the difference in this unbelievably dark world. Watch closely. My first night on the streets in Southeast Asia was devastating. I never thought I'd see something like that in my life. You know, a sex trafficker can make $200,000 a year on one, one little girl. And she's just a child. When I was 12, I got a job doing housework. 
worked very hard. One time I met a lady who said she could get me a job as a hairdresser. They would train me and it would be a well-paid job. I believed her and so did my mother. So I went with her to the Thai border. But once I got there, I was sold as a prostitute. They forced me to have sex with many men, up to 20 men a night. And some of my friends, before I even went, said to me, well, why don't these people just get out of it? If they don't like that lifestyle, why don't they just leave? But when you begin to understand what happens, so many of these girls, they're brought to a place, they're thrown into a room with other girls, and they're not allowed to sleep, they're not allowed to eat. And at some point, after several days, one of them is removed and never comes back. And the message to the girls is, if you don't do what we tell you to do, if you don't smile and look like this is what you want to do, the same thing can happen to you. What I miss most is my mother's love and comfort. When I'm in the brothels, I feel hopeless that I'll never get out. Well, we know it's not hopeless. Sheila, you've been, you've seen as Betty and I have. You see the love the missionaries are filled with. And you see what happens when we either head off a child that is a prospect to be kidnapped, so to speak, taken into slavery, or we have a way to get them out, put them in a rescue center that's where they're safe. Ultimately, if they're children, put them into a setting where they actually learn all the things a child needs to learn, and they have an amazing change. It costs us $128 to rescue a child. That's not very much money to do what we do. I need you to let our viewers know You've already made it very clear what the need is and they can see it. How effective is the work when they enable these workers that God has called and set apart? How effective is it? I've never in my life seen such evil as I experienced on the streets as I walked through and looked in the faces of these little girls covered in makeup inside. They're just little girls like your daughter. But I have seen what happens in life today. We built this place. It's called, you know, Destiny House. I've seen what happens when these little girls and little boys are rescued off the streets and they're brought to a safe place and they're told, you know what? Remember that night when you cried out and you said, if there is a God, do you hear me? Yes. He heard you and you're not a label and you're not a number he knows your name and I've watched them give their lives to Christ and when you have lived in hell and heaven invades your life you become an on-fire believer James this is not missions this is the Great Commission <laughs> this is going to the uttermost parts of the earth and rescuing those who need no rescue question it, it is so amazing and here's the thing we've been doing it long enough now that we actually have those who graduated who are now teachers there are a few who are professors and who are teaching as a Christian the witness of Christ and who are now leaders. And many of them, Betty, went back to their home where oftentimes these children were sold for the promise of a job for the child or they were actually sometimes traded for a radio or a television for this poor family. And they would tell them, though, but we're going to take the child in. But if you'll let us take the child and put them to work and educate them, but it's all a lie. But it happens. And then when you see the change, and here's the deal. This is not an exaggeration. Because of the commitment of the people who've been called and sent and because of the support of viewers like you, 
$128, we can rescue another child. Betty, our goal is 5000 this year. That's what the missionaries have shown us in the various areas is very realistic. Would you help us? Now, let me tell you a big miracle. We've got a $200,000 challenge gift. Now, that's how much people care. So what you give will be doubled, $128. Sometimes people do say, I can't do that. But if you can give 64, you've just rescued a child because it's double. There's a level at which you can help. And I really do believe this. And I think your heart will leap to do it. Some of you can help rescue 10 with a gift of $1,280. Think about that. 10, no, that's 20 because it's double. Father, let everyone who has a heart to help reach out, offer a hand, and make the gift you put on their heart in Jesus' name. You can go online or dial that number. We're going to give you the book Living Amazed because I believe you'll be inspired to live amazed. I think what you're doing is going to bring about amazing results. We'll send that to say thanks for any gift. We want to send you a journal along with it. You make a gift of $100 or more. That will be a beautiful study guide when you learn to live and through the scriptures what it is to live amazed. The beautiful determined eagle. I want to see every Christian determined and committed to soar with the turbulence of the times and the challenges of the day. God makes us overcomers in Christ. We want to say thank you for your help. We have the gifts to bless you but you're giving the gift of love and life and freedom. Thank you so much for doing it. Innocent children and young people longing to be loved and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers can help rescue those already enslaved and you can help restore their lives and give them a future and now a generous opportunity of a $200,000 matching gift means your gift of $128 to help rescue a child will be matched to help two children your $64 gift will be matched to help rescue one child from the horrors of human trafficking and a $32 rescue gift will be doubled to $64 with your gift, we'll send you James Robison's new book, Living Amazed, How Divine Encounters Can Change Your Life. As you read these inspiring stories, you'll learn how to live amazed in the presence of God 24 hours a day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll receive James' new book, along with the companion Amazed Journal, so you can record accounts in your own life where you are amazed at God's goodness. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280, which will now help rescue 20 children, and you may request our beautiful new Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. You know, we are sending you Living Amazed. I think it'll inspire you, and hopefully, prayerfully, you live amazed and reveal how amazing God's grace and His love is and what redemption really looks like. Thank you so much for your help. And uh, we want to say thanks to Sheila Walsh for being such a blessing. And thanks for your efforts on the mission field to inspire all of us to in a way be a missionary and support Pure joy. It. Would you say thanks to Sheila Walsh? Thanks to you. Really appreciate it. Thank all of you for your help. Thanks for reaching out with arms and hands of love. Thank you so much.
Next week, Tony Evans explains the purpose of detours. Because God is always doing a kingdom work with your destiny routed through your detours. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.